Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it, let's do it, let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. As always, I am your host, John June. Today is April 3rd. How are y'all doing today? Hope everybody's doing well out there. Um, you know, today actually didn't even really know what to discuss, but, you know, figured, hey, let's check in back with these rookies. Uh, let's check back in with uh, some of their workouts, what, what's gone on, uh, and let's, uh, let's reassess everything, right? I've, I've punched some more data through my models. Um, so, you know, let's start to really get a hold for, you know, who these prospects are. So just going to sit back, reassess the incoming rookie class. Um, you know, like I said, we have a little bit more data now. We've had some pro days go off as well. So also considering we've had free agency teams have filled team needs. Uh, so, you know, let's just run through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Um, it'll be a short one today. Um, but going to switch it up on y'all. We're going to start at the running back position. I know we always start a quarterback, but we're going to start running back today. Um, and that's because it's the easiest position to start with because nothing really has changed here for me. Uh, like I said, back in March, episode 153, when I broke down the running backs here, draft capital is what is going to drive, you know, what's really going to drive these people up or down my rankings, right? Um, you know, nothing shocking happened at a pro day. Nobody showed up extremely overweight or uh, had a terrible day. I mean, it is what it is, right? Like, I, um, you running back 40s and all that stuff, I'm not really, I mean, I, I, I want to know the number, but I don't really care, right? Like, if it's, you know, whether it's 4-4-5 four, four, or if it's between 4-4 four, four and 4-6, four, that's really all we care about, right? We've seen successful running backs come in from college uh, running 40s and the 4-6s. So not going to hold it, really hold it up against a running back. Obviously, you don't want to consider that height-weight-speed combination. Um, so, you know, player profiler does a great job, look, you know, putting that in a one number with the burst score. Now, we didn't see some top guys like Najee Harris work out, uh, but, you know, for the most part, like I said, my top five remains unchanged here. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, and then Kenny, Kenny Gainwell. So uh, that's, you know, I'm going to be my top five there. But again, draft capital is, you know, <laughs> really going to what going to be what drives this thing for the most part. Uh, that's going to be what drives my model. Uh, really, so you know, guys like Trey Sermon, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Kylan Hill, they you know, if they get some significant draft capital put into them, then they're gonna skyrocket up these boards. And, um, you know, we might not have any any other choice but to take you know, really consider them. So, um, you know, that's really it for the running back position. Uh, moving on to quarterback again, not much is changing here from a ranking standpoint, but um. You know, well, obviously we've had some shakeups that some some things happen, some things go down, trades and free agency signings and things like that. So, um, you know, the landscape could change a little bit, but the rankings not changing. Trevor Lawrence is still one. Justin Fields two. 
Zach Wilson three, Trey Lance four, Mac Jones is five. Um, but there is one caveat here, right? And again, go back to the trade here with the 49ers, and they can throw a wrench in all of this. If they select Fields or Lance, that, that could easily... Um, obviously, I already have Fields as a top two player, so if the Niners go ahead and take him, um, then that would solidify that status. And then obviously, we'd be at potentially having a conversation about do you take Fields one, right? You could ha- genuinely have that conversation just because of the offense that he'll be in uh, and the prospect that he is. Now, I wouldn't do it personally. Uh, my model is saying Trevor Lawrence is one of the best that we've seen. So um, I'm, I'm kind of just going to, you know, co-sign that there. Um, but Justin Fields, right, Trey Lance, two guys that are uber athletic, that have all the ability in the world. Um, and, and Kyle Shanahan is, is now trading up to the number three spot. And, and we say that it's going to be one of those guys, probably not Zach Wilson, because we're assuming Zach Wilson is going to go number two to the Jets. But we'll get on that one in a little bit. Um, but like I said back in February, right, if Lance somehow ended up with the 49ers, then we could be potentially, we right, we could potentially see that ceiling that I think we all assume is going to be there, right, with, with a guy like Trey Lance. Um now, the Niners are, like, now that they're in position to take him, and I remember that podcast, and, and if you haven't listened to it, it's episode 153, I believe, um, where I broke down the quarterback position. Uh, but basically, um, well, I don't think it was 153. It might have been 151, because I think 153 was the running back episode. So might have been 151, 150. Go back and just listen to all of them, basically. But the quarterback episode I was talking about basically every quarterback somehow ended up ending up with the 49ers. The 49ers had the 12th pick. They um, obviously weren't going to be able to get one of these guys from 12. But they've since moved up to three, uh, and, and now they're in position to take them. So if they end up with Trey Lance, I will be doing what I can to get a piece of Trey Lance. Just, you, just know that, right? I mean, we talked about it then. Um, Trey Lance is, is number two in the model, uh, behind Trevor Lawrence. And obviously, again, like I talked about then the model, there's certain things the model doesn't necessarily know. Right. But if he ends up with Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers, right. And you're talking about weapons, Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kyle Shanahan, right. Like, that's going to be a system that's going to be an environment where that quarterback is going to have success and so uh, that's something that I'm going to want a piece of um, especially when it's a dynamic quarterback right like the Justin Fields or the Trey Lance or even you know Zach Wilson potentially if he somehow ends up here but uh, enter the Mac Jones discussion right this is an interesting one because I really do like the Mac I really do like Mac Jones a player right and if you heard me last time I talked about it. I think he is worthy of being a first-round pick. Um, I don't think that teams should be trading up to number three to get Mac Jones uh, because Mac Jones, to me, uh, he's not a he's he's not going to elevate people around him. He's just going to make the status quo kind of what it is, right? He's not going to sink your ship, but he's also not going to to be uh you know 
Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, draft analysts for NFL Network, they have a term for quarterbacks. Where are you the truck or are you the trailer, right? Are the truck being, you know, are you the guy that's going to pull the team behind you or are you the trailer as in are you the guy that's getting kind of carried by the team? And I don't want to call Mac Jones is definitely not a truck, right? And I say that like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, those guys all have the potential to be to be trucks here, right? So I'm like hear what I'm don't hear what I'm not saying. I don't I don't not like Mac Jones. I really, really, really like Mac Jones as a player. I'm just when we're talking about the quarterback position, we're talking about where it's going, we're talking about where it's going in fantasy. I mean you look at the quarterbacks last year, um, we're talking about guys like Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. These guys all had accounted for 75-plus percent of their team's total yardage and, in some cases, the team's total touchdowns. And Mac Jones isn't going to be that. Mac Jones is going to be the Kirk Cousins mold or the Matt Ryan mold, and that's completely okay, right? But as we've seen in fantasy, you know, there's a lot of factors that are going to be at play, and I'm going to want somebody that can use their legs, uh, and especially in, you know, the actual NFL and, and what's happening and, you know, some of the best quarterbacks in the league and, and their styles of play. Mac Jones doesn't fit that. Mac Jones is the traditional back, you know, he's the tra- in the, tra- the, the more traditional drop-back passer mold, which, again, isn't bad, but... We want our Konami codes for our quarterback. So uh, that's a long-winded way of saying I really don't think the Niners are going to take Mac Jones at three, and I would really not like them to take Mac Jones at three. And if they do take Mac Jones at three, for whatever reason, they decide to take Mac Jones at three, whether it's because Kyle Shanahan loves Mac Jones and and he wins that struggle, whatever it is, right? I'm not going to invest in Mac Jones, not where I would if it was Justin Fields or Trey Lance or even a Zach Wilson, right? So it's not it's not going to happen, not for me. Now, Zach Wilson, have him sitting at three. Um, but again, depending on what happens with the 49ers picks, he can, get to, he can go to as low as four for me, right? Because we talk about Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I have Justin Fields, too. And that's almost kind of regardless of where he goes, right? But now you enter the Niners conversation. And let's say the Niners take Trey Lance. Well, then now Trey Lance could potentially... Trey Lance is potentially my number two quarterback here, right? Behind Trevor Lawrence. Um, But then Justin Fields would still be three because I have him ahead of Zach Wilson, right? Just because of of the dynamic... Uh, the, the you know the the athleticism and the playmaking ability that he brings with his legs. We're talking about a six two, two hundred and twenty pound quarterback that can sit in the pocket and dice you up, while also getting out with on the on the edge with four four speed and at two hundred and twenty pounds, run over a, a safety in the middle of the field. Like like that's what we're talking about right now. So so again. Justin Fields, he's he's going to be a top three player for me, a top three quarterback for me no matter what happens, no matter where he lands. I mean, he'd have to fall out of the first round for it to really happen. Um, now, obviously, if he falls, there's going to be some context there that's going to, that's gonna like, you know, if he falls because of character concerns, right, it, then that's different, right? But if he falls the way, like, 
you know, Deshaun fell or Lamar Jackson fell, then that was just the league being stupid and, you know, we're, we're going to, to take advantage of that, right? But Justin Fields, no matter what, pretty much lock him in as a top three quarterback. So that's how we get to Zach Wilson dropping a four. So, uh, again, not really seeing any scenarios where I move Zach Wilson up, right? Because, I mean, even if he if he ends up with the Niners, maybe that's a scenario where I'd have to move him up. But I, I still don't think I would, right? Because then that means that Justin Fields probably ended up with the Jets. Uh, and, again, still feel the same way about Justin Fields and his legs and his mobility, not to knock Zach Wilson, because Zach Wilson can definitely use his legs as well. And I think when we talk about uh, quarterbacks and we talk about uh, the Konami code going forward, right, because uh, that's something that we'll talk about in the offseason when we get to redraft and things like that uh, and projections and things and rankings. But quarterbacks like Zach Wilson that have like that's the minimum level of athleticism that I think I would want in my fantasy quarterbacks, right? Because Zach Wilson has enough athleticism to go to get to boogie for a first down, uh, score a touchdown down by the goal line on a QB draw. Uh, he's enough. He's a threat. He's enough of a threat for the the offensive coaches to decide, hey, let's run some read option, which he's at, right? So. Uh, Zach Wilson for me, I think fits continues to fit that mold. So that's why I think if he ends up with the Niners, it would definitely be close. Um, but obviously, he's assuming he ends up with the Jets, and I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. When you consider what happened with the the trade, the fact that the Niners went from uh, twelve to three and not to two, and the fact that in, on the same day, within like five or ten minutes of one another, the the Eagles moved back from six to twelve. With the, with the Dolphins because they wanted Zach Wilson and they were willing to move up to Zach Wilson and they moved back from 6 to 12 because they didn't feel Zach Wilson would be there. That all pretty much tells you that Zach Wilson's going to be there, is going to be the pick for the Jets at 2. Um, so, you know, now that we got quarterback out of the way, let's move on to the wide receiver position. And this is where things change a little bit. We have some testing numbers to look at, and, and these numbers in my models start moving, especially for wide receivers. So uh, we can start to get an idea for who these guys are as players. And so there was some shuffling in my top five, and it just shuffled a little bit. And also, I, I guess I, this is a good time to bring this up. I know I talked about uh, pro day testing numbers before and 40 yard dashes and things. Uh, and I'm going to reference some 40 yard dashes for these wide receivers right now. So I figured, let me get this out of the way. We talked about the, um, you know, I was saying, Hey guys, you know, there's going to be a possibility, obviously without the combine testing numbers, uh, with the, we're going to have these pro day numbers and we're going to have to adjust them some way, somehow. And so, <clears throat> Uh, you know, just looking around on the internet and even player profiler, they'll, they all say it's like 0.05. Uh, you just add 0.05 to the time and, and that's, that's what it, that's what it pretty much equals out to. Um, and yes, that is true. Um, I just, I'm a little, I'm a little anal about things like this. And so I, uh, had to calculate it. So based on, uh, previous testing numbers, um, you know, where we have the pro day and we have the combine results, um, calculating what that difference is, but as a percent, 
and applying that as a factor to the pro day 40 numbers to then get a calculated 40 number right so uh for example player profiler says that uh travis etn's 40 um Tra this says that Travis Etienne's 40 is a 4-5. Uh, I have it as a 4-4-6 four, because four, he ran a 4-4-1. Four, four, and so, I mean, it could just be issue with rounding, but I've got him down as a 4-4-5-8. Four, four, so it rounds up to 4-4-6. Four, four, but either way, uh, it's just an adjustment, and it's something that I'm, I'm doing. So you're going to hear me reference adjusted 40-yard dash. Um, and that is what that number is. It's just basically an adjustment factor applied to the pro day 40 number to then get what a combine, you know, a number representative of the combine number. And this was important for me because obviously, as you all know, I do a lot, a, a lot of modeling with the data and all my historical data is pretty much based on the combine. Um, and so this was a rare event and this was, uh, something that I had to, somehow make up the difference for so uh adjusted 40 yard dashes in 2021 that's what we're getting uh but anyway i thought it was pretty cool i i, I kind of geek out about stuff like that so i thought that was pretty cool uh but in terms of my top five wide receivers uh jamar chase is still the number one guy nothing is changing here he ran an adjusted 40 yard dash over four four three uh, and had a 41-inch vertical jump, just continuing to show that explosiveness there. So, again, staying as the, the wide receiver one. And interesting to see that the Dolphins moved from 3 to 12, back up to 6, giving them this opportunity here. Uh, if you have, if you really do have four, four, four quarterbacks going in the top five, in the top four picks, right? Because you have Atlanta at four who could take a quarterback, potentially trade out. Um, and even if Atlanta or um, Cincinnati choose, decide not, if one of them decides not to trade out and the other does, right? So let's say Atlanta decides, hey, no, we're going to take Kyle Pitts here. And uh, Cincinnati is now on the clock and they're getting calls about, uh, trading up to, to, you know, to five to get a quarterback, right? Like, let's say it's Denver. Someone's trying to get ahead of Denver, right? So, you know, there's an opportunity there for Jamar Chase to fall to the Miami Dolphins at six, right? So if that happens, we already saw them attack the receiver position. If that happens, I would be excited about that, right? Potentially, uh, you know, Jamar Chase is an alpha. He's he's a dog. Um, and so, you know, that could potentially be exciting, especially if you are to a fan. Um, and I think, you know, that would help out to it. But, uh, you know, even Jamar Chase ended up with his former quarterback, uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. So, I think that would be pretty dope, right? You get Jamar Chase playing uh, opposite T. Higgins uh, with Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd in that slot. I think that would be, a, 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 you know, a, a duo that you would really, really, uh, you know, not want to face on Sundays or a trio, I guess, that you really wouldn't want to face on Sundays. Uh, so, yeah, Jamar Chase still continuing to lock out, lock down this top spot. The number two spot is where we get a change. And you guys probably felt this coming. I don't know. Maybe you did. Um, Rondell Moore. My guy is moving up to the wide receiver, too. My man had an impressive workout 
Uh, again, was my wide receiver three prior to that workout, but I since moved him up here to two. Had an adjusted 40-yard dash of a 4.37, uh, 42.5-inch vertical jump. Just again confirming what we already knew about Rondell Moore, uh, that he's a freak athletically. So uh, obviously going to love that there. There was slight bad news. He's 5.7, not 5.9. Honestly, I'm not really bothered by it. Um, I still think Rondell Moore is is going to light up the field on Sundays. So excited for him there. Um, moving on to my wide receiver three, uh, Rashad Bateman, man, moves up to wide receiver three from the wide receiver four spot. Uh, Bateman was somebody that I, I, ha- I was really curious to see work out because, you know, as I said, uh, you know, back in, in February when I was talking about the wide receivers, Rashad Bateman was somebody that I just couldn't put my finger on because people loved him and I couldn't quite figure out why. And so I just had to keep watching him and I had to keep watching him. And the more I watched him, the more I started to get it right. This is a guy that he's nuanced in his route running. He's got aggressive hands. Uh, you know, this, this guy, he... He doesn't look all that explosive on film. It was one of the things that I wrote down. But I remember watching him, you know, catch a screen pass and break out in the open field. And I was like, yo, he's got some juice. And, you know, you watch him, you know, catch a, you know, catch a crosser and get up field. And I'm like, okay, there's, I think there's more there athletically, athletically with Bateman than I thought. Um, you know, so again, I was really curious to see him work out uh, because when you're watching him, run his routes getting it out of breaks he doesn't look all that explosive but i think that's more to do with the option run the option routes that he's being asked to run because there are a few times again where i said he's got this juice and so he ran an adjusted 40 yard dash of 444 which is a, a really good time to go along with the vertical jump of 36 inches which i think is is pretty good number right there as well uh wasn't as big as he was listed uh, six foot, 190 pounds versus six two, 210 pounds. So that's just a little, a little bit disappointing. Uh, you know, obviously because you thought you're getting this six two wide receiver, um, but he's he's really six foot. But it doesn't change how it doesn't change much in how Bateman wins, right? It's with his route running, setting up defenders, and a strong hand. So none of that is going to change how Bateman wins. So ultimately, it's a, it's. It's a, I'm, it, you know, I'm not going to really count that against him. Uh, wide receiver for Devontae Smith, and that's where we get a move down, right? All these guys, Jamar Chase was a hold, uh, Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, those two guys moved up. Devontae Smith moved down. And the reason here, uh, now you got, and you, you all know I, I really do like Devontae Smith, but, uh, you know, after doing some digging, after my discussion when I had with Kevin Coleman, uh, when we talked about the wide receiver position, uh, and we talked about, and he talked, you know, he talked about that stat uh, about only three wide receivers uh, with a BMI under 24 and a half, or I forget exactly what the number was, uh, have finished as top 24 wide receivers, and so, or had there have only been three instances where they finished as top 24 wide receivers. So, uh, I think Smith is a phenomenal player. He has the temperament to be a good wide receiver in the NFL. I just have trouble ranking him ahead of guys like Moore and Bateman uh, when, you know, I have less questions about those guys, right? And I even said it back in February. My model does not like Devontae Smith 
Um, but again, depending on where he ends up in terms of team and quarterback, uh, it could change again, right? I could end up moving him up a spot as a result, or you know, I probably won't move him up ahead of, of Rondo Moore. But uh, if he, you know, depending on where he goes between him and Bateman, he could he could get that number three spot. But uh, for right now, uh, just gonna keep him here at the as the wide receiver four. Uh, moving on the wide receiver five, I mean, these LSU guys, they they're, they just go unfazed by the process. Terrace Marshall, he stays at wide receiver five, the other LSU wide receiver. Marshall also had a nice day at the LSU Pro Day, 6'3", 205 pounds, ran an adjusted 4'4", 340-yard dash to go along with the 39-inch vertical jump. Just continuing to show off that elite uh, level of explosiveness and athleticism. I'm excited to see where he potentially lands in April's draft. If he can end up as a first-round pick or uh, obviously a high second-round pick, then I think that you know the sky could potentially be the limit here for Terrace Marshall. Um, and you know, I I just felt the need to throw out some other wide receivers because it's pretty much going to wrap it up here. Um, but Jalen Waddle comes in as my wide receiver six. Elijah Moore is my wide receiver seven. Nico Collins, I've got him at eight. Monroe St. Brown, I moved him down to nine. And Tylon Wallace is my wide receiver, 10. So, throwing some bonus uh, guys in there for you. Um, and then just about what's next, uh, what's coming up ahead. Um, next week, you will get an episode, um, but it, it'll probably be... Um, me with a guest uh, and won't be anything else in front of that um and then the week after that um you know is the week or will be two weeks ahead of the draft so probably gonna have some draft episode before that and then i'm gonna see if i can get uh somebody on here to you i'm not you know what i'm not even gonna say it but i'm just because i don't want to i don't want to say it and then not deliver it so we'll just We'll see what we got within these next two weeks, but I'm definitely going to get a guest on here uh, this week. Um, and then those next with the the next two weeks, uh, two weeks from now will be a, a draft preview. Um, but we'll get something something in here for y'all in the week, uh, the week before. So um, definitely, definitely uh, appreciate every single one of y'all that take the time to listen to this Um you know, appreciate all the support that you've given us, all the support that you've uh, you've you've given to the podcast, Greg and myself individually as well. So we we genuinely appreciate that. Um, and you know, just want to say, uh, whatever it is that you're doing out there, just again, just remember that anything can happen in, in a blink of an eye. Man, life is short, so take advantage of every opportunity that you have. Um, and as I like to say, focus on the mission. So, um, be good to one another, uh, again, love one another, and, um, we will talk to y'all next week. We are out.